podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Blue Moon. Hi, uh, welcome to the Man City Show. Uh, firstly, uh, this is Graham Reed in replace this week of Nigel Rothband, who has a family situation, so he won't be in, so he's leaving it to me to chair, so you'll have to bear with me as we go. Uh, firstly, on my left, we have Stephen Allweiss, who is uh, a big fan and went to Crystal Palace last night, and a friend of his from school all those years ago, Lee Warner. Hello. And on my right, is uh, on his debut, is my son, Finley, who uh, accompanies me every week to City. And uh, this will be his first go. Finley is 11, so hopefully he won't have too much bad language. Hi, Finley. Hi. Great. Well, there's only one place to start this week, um, and that was obviously last night at Selhurst Park. Uh, three of us went. We're going to start with uh, Stephen, because uh, you were there. And what did you think? I think it it was such a frustrating game because by recent standards, I don't think we played badly. Um, I think that probably says a lot about the season that you know we're talking about a performance like that and saying it was okay um, because we had lots of possession and we did create some chances, but we're still nowhere near our best. Um, and as soon as Palace went 2-0 up, I don't think anyone gave us a hope of, of clawing it back or certainly getting the win, which we needed. It was just flat again. We had the chances and it's easy to say if you know we'd have got the penalty or their goal would have been disallowed. But there were times where we were outplayed by Palace and outfought. And it's, it's scary actually to see how much we've regressed, especially in the last couple of months. Do you not, do you not think though, if something like Aguero uh, hit the post obviously quite early on, I think there was another one where... The goalkeeper hit the back of his shoulder, more or less, didn't it? Um, do you think if something like that, we'd have gone in in the first, what's that, first 20 minutes, would it have been completely different? I think, um, I think that we were unlucky. Like, there's no doubting that. Um, but we've had moments in previous games and previous seasons where we've been unlucky and we've still gone on to win. And that, I think, shows a lot about the mentality and the character of the team last night. Um, I agree with Stephen. I don't think it was our worst performance by a mile. I can think of many worse performances this season. Um, but it was just yeah, it's that same you know, feeling that we aren't going to get back into it when we go 2-0 down um, the goal was a pot shot um, it didn't feel like we were really creating much especially in the second half felt like we'd had all our chances in the first half um, and I think the game sort of typified the season and the general feeling around the club at the moment that we're an ageing squad um, a lot of players aren't really performing aren't really caring about the the performances at the moment um, there were a few passengers last night and yeah it, it just shows a lot that none of us are really surprised by it it's not really a no, shock I think, result. I think you're probably right I think you're probably right um, and Finley who was the one player you felt last night was was you know you, absolute despair for for you um, I, I didn't think um, that that um, Yaya did enough um, for a big player like him that um, he should be a more bigger player in the smaller games against the smaller teams because we need him to play against tight defences like Crystal Palace. Do you think, guys, his time's up? 
I think Finley's absolutely spot on because Palace, especially when they've got that first goal and they can sit back and they back themselves to soak up the pressure, you look to people like Yaya to break it through. Um, and too often this season, he hasn't been able to and there's been a lack of urgency in the passing and no tempo. Um, and he resorted yesterday, it must have been four or five shots, three or four of which cleared the stadium. Um, and obviously he got the goal, but that's been such a rare moment. Do you, do you think, guys, that... Um, obviously, we, we go regularly. I mean, most teams now are coming to the Etihad and they're sticking nine blokes behind the ball. But, and because of the way we play, we obviously don't put any crosses in. And, I mean, I, I despair of Jack, I always have done. But... He, he obviously can reasonably head it. He can reasonably head it. But we don't ever put the ball in the box for anyone to head it. And so we've got this sort of tactic that involves trying to slide Aguero through with Nasri's and the Silvers of the world. Do you think if you put a, a, a packed defence that, that we need to somehow play a different way moving forward? I think that um, the crossing situation is something that a lot of Man City fans you know, have, a, have an issue with in the sense that we don't do it often enough. But I think there's, there's a wider issue in the sense that we aren't working ourselves into good crossing positions and that people are asking you know Sanya to cross the ball when he's got two or three seconds to look up when their whole back line are now probably about five or back six yeah. are in position and waiting for the ball to come in whereas we we need to be getting in positions where we're having players overlap and then it's quick crosses low and hard um, into the box rather than taking our time and whipping it in and floating it in and, and we're not getting in those positions, positions at the moment I thought last night Sanya and Navas were it was, it was one of the most you know dull right-sided sort of pairings we <laughs> I ever agree, had I agree I think that um, it was so obvious where they were going every time it was passing to Navas he come back back to Sanya and then just give it to Silva because you know we can't really work an opening I think, I think Lee's right on the crossing that it just takes us too long to get the ball out wide and we can at times especially when Kolarov plays because of his weaknesses you know he can't control the ball he can't pass he can't run he can't defend <laughs> there's a lot of weaknesses but what he can do is deliver a cross first time with pace into the box yeah. and when he plays it's as if we build our attacks at time as if he's the final pass and we won't use him in the build-up and then at some point Silva will give him the ball in space and he whips in the cross and, but we just don't do that when he's not playing and Navas there's so much moaning towards Navas and, and some of it justified um, but I do feel for him at times because when he gets the ball and he looks up in the middle and he's got four Crystal Palace defenders who are about six foot four each and he's got Dzeko who's the worst six foot four striker in the air that you'll come across, the least physical target floor. man, plus Aguero, plus Naz- Navas, and so, you know, it's very hard for him. Um, and I think it just again comes back to that lack of pace in our play. Finley, do you would you like to see Navas in a Man City shirt next season? I think we need someone of a better quality who's quick and can cross it in, but can also come inside and score more goals because. Navas, he sometimes he gets it on the right wing and he just like passes it to the first defender. And, and he, he any ideas inside. who you'd like? Um, possibly Sterling because of his contract talks at the moment. Do we agree with that, guys? I mean, I wouldn't say no. It depends how much we'd have to pay for him, which is probably quite a lot. Um, I agree on the point of, about Navas, um, just the fact that he's got no trickery. He, he can't beat a man, really. Um, he, he comes back and forth. He, he never really looks much of a threat. Um, I think we definitely need more players like Sterling on the wings who can just give us something different. We're not, 
we're not bringing any players on no. in the last 20, 30 minutes who are going to do anything different to the players who we already got on the pitch. But then why, and yeah, that probably comes back to the squad, but then why does Pellegrini, we're 2-0 down and he brings Nasri on with 15 minutes to go and he brings Milner on with three minutes to go. We could not wait. What, what was that all about? Milner, three minutes? I mean, what, what? Well, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know the answer to that. If you're going to bring Milner on, I think he played him up front. Well, you know, what's three minutes going to do? You might as well chuck company up front and hoof the ball up to him. If you're going to bring Milner on, then give him half an hour, let him stretch the game, put him out on the wing. It just, I don't get Pellegrini's substitutions at times. If I, if I could give you three players that are currently in the squad, and I don't mean on the edges of the squad, I mean who are main players... Which three would you most like to see disappear out the door? Jekyll. That didn't take very long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Fernando. There you go. There's three. I think we could probably name three more as well. <laughs> I think, and that, that's I think the we problem. could keep going round. That's the problem. You could easily say Sanya and Kolarov and Jovetic. And, and which, which, which three would we keep? Definitely keep. Silva. Aguero. Hart. But the, the worry is that there's more you'd get rid of than you'd keep. And the manager? <sighs> keep. I, I don't know, because I want to get rid of him, but I don't know who there is out there to come in. Uh, I think he should go, but it's just... Uh, I think we should get Simeone, but he might be a bit sort of... like He won't play the nice football that we'd all want. He sort of brought him on Route 1. You think so? Yeah. OK, great. Right, well, I think we covered the Palace thing. That we, we, I mean, <laughs> Let, I, let's I, move on. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at the stats, to be fair. 74% is the highest in the Premier League away from home for three years. But, a lot, but do you think most teams... I mean, funny enough, I went to Barcelona and I got on the plane and Pardew was on the plane, on the EasyJet plane. So obviously Palace aren't playing that much. But, um, but I'd asked him about it. He obviously said he was going to watch them play, but... I mean, but he gave us the ball last night. He gave us the ball and said, hey, you have that, and we'll line up in our penalty box. I mean, do you think everybody's going to... Barley, I mean, even Arsenal came this year and basically sat behind the ball, and they're great, and then they attack everybody else. But do you think that's just the way to play against us and the way we, we attempt to do it? Probably, because when teams put nine or ten behind the ball, it is difficult to break them down. Um, and then if the other team have got pace on the counter-attack, which Arsenal do and, and Palace did, then we do look vulnerable. Because if you come out and, and are open and play against us, then that's where we're at our best. It also goes back to the fact that we don't really have a plan B and we haven't had one for about two seasons really now. And we, were, we did well last season because we kind of relied on the, the sheer amount of goals and the power that we were, we were just sweeping teams away. But this season it's really showed that when we have to change something up, nothing really changes. And especially when you do look at our bench or say you look at a game where, where we've lost um, and then the next week you think, OK, there's going to be a few changes. The changes don't really feel like they're going to do much. You know, you're changing Sanya for a Zabaleta or a Mangala for Demichelis. The, the, the team as a whole isn't going to do anything drastically different, maybe only if Milner comes in. Do you, th- do you think they... I mean, we beat West Brom by three. I know they only had ten men, basically. But there were five changes last night. Do you think he changed it too much? Yes and no. I can understand completely rotation when you're in four competitions and you're playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, 
I get that, and especially but it was two weeks, wasn't it? Two weeks, and yeah, and especially fullbacks when in our sit on our formation, they're such a high energy position. But when yeah, we've we've had an international break. Zabaleta's played once, and yeah, okay, he's extenuating circumstances with the kid. But I think there is. I'd, I'd love to know when the last time that we played the same back four in consecutive games, because Which must help, mustn't it? And, it, yeah, absolutely. You think so? And then the midfield changes, and then you know we're basically he's got this fetish for four four two, and by including Jeko, it means you push Silver out onto the left. You're having Yaya in a position that he doesn't want to play because he's forced to track back a bit more, and it, it's just I think he's blind at times, Pellegrini, and he obviously knows far more about football than we all do, of course. Are you sure? Well, I think you have to say that. It's the diplomatic answer. But it just seems so obvious at times that to get the best out of our squad, you put Silva behind Aguero and that should be the default position. And you work around that. Yeah, I agree with you. Lee? Yeah, I mean, again, it's I kind of agree with that. I, I think that Dzeko... Generally, I've been... You're what, a big fan of Jack. No, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. I've, I've defended him a lot more than others have in the past. But I think last night I came to sort of two realisations. Number one, I think we will be better off with, without Yaya next season if he goes. Um, or at least we can move on from Yaya. And number two, I, I, get, I get why people are so against Jekko because he did absolutely nothing last night and it was it was really frustrating to watch him and I, I've been frustrated by the bus but I've defended him because he scored important goals in important games and you can't deny that but over a 38 game season I'm not sure if he contributes enough to justify us not selling him for about 20 25 million to a to a German team and, and cashing in yeah I agree but I, I think he scored two in the last 22 and for a player who doesn't contribute at all in open play that's just not good enough. No. Just, just, I'm interested by... I've got a theory on Yaya Toure, and having watched Colo at the weekend, my theory is that they're older than they say they are. Because Yaya just doesn't seem to have any... He's, he's lost all his power and, and ability. We, uh, Barcelona, and then last night a couple of times, he got knocked off the ball by people like Punchin. I thought to myself, where's his... You know, that sort of explosive power he had. And obviously, all of us that have played played any sport when you get to a certain age it, it does sort of you know disappear on you like, oh, I'm not convinced he's 31 or whatever he says he is to be totally fair we, any, any thoughts I mean I, I don't know about that but I do I, I do think it's probably also a bit of mentality and, and whether he cares enough at the moment whether he cares to make those runs anymore whether he cares to track back um, and, and shield the ball like he used to it's not just about making those explosive runs because we know he can do that and I still I do think he he can still do that, but it's those moments, as you say, where the ball is there to be to be kept, and he's and he's getting shrugged off the ball quite easily, um, and he's twisting and turning too much, and his and his mind looks about a second slower than his than his body at times. You know, he's he's not making the decision at the right time, and that's a shame. So, with all this doom and gloom, let's move forward because, of course, if there's one way to make us all happy, this Sunday we are play- who are we playing for? Remind me. Uh, this Sunday we have... Uh... You'll never be on again if you can't remember. May United. Is correct. <laughs> so, guys, what do we think of that? Very worried. Yeah, I'm extremely worried about that. And um, you're going, Lee, aren't you? Yeah, I am going um, in, the, in the away end. And I've been the last three times and seen us one three times, so I've always been quite... Are you there for the six? Yeah, there for oh, the six. Oh, fantastic, mate, fantastic. And even the, the, one, the, the next two were great as well, and it's just... 
yeah, this is the one time where I've gone where it feels it's kind of shifted back to that feeling of there's more pressure on us again. The, the, the last three years, there's been kind of like the 6-1, it was like we were the new boys and, yeah. and it didn't really matter if we lost either way, so we just went for it. And now it feels like they're, they're back on their stride yeah. and we're looking old and frail and just a bit out of sorts. So we're, uh, we're worried, are we? Yeah, the, the positive I can take is that having won the last four games against them, we've got the players and the squad who know what it means, I think, to, to beat United. Um, and company said after the game yesterday that, in a sense, it's the right time to play them because we'll want to bounce back, which I don't quite get because they should be motivated every game, especially what with the results mm. that happened at the weekend before we played. But I am fearful because United have struggled all season but are just starting over the last probably three or four weeks to find their form and we've lost all our confidence. It should be a much more open game, though. It gives... Uh the better players, the Agueros, for example, a little bit more room in behind than maybe some of these teams that sit back. So does that not give us some hope? You'd, you'd like to think so, but then again, I don't think Van, Van Gaal is, um, you know, he, he, I think he's a clever manager and I don't think he's, he's going to do anything that will, that will leave us um, to, able to expose their, their defensive weaknesses. I think that they probably will be very clever um, defensively and, yeah, I'm just not confident at all, to be honest. And they've had a very good record against the big teams as well this season. So, Finley, what do you think? How do you, how do you think we can go there? How would? Uh, well, firstly, more importantly, would you go four five one, Finley, or four four two? Four five one. But I also think that um, Man United have been have been grinding out results this season, which they completely have not deserved because I've been watching it match of the day and they've been playing pretty poorly. So with our attack of Silva, Aguero and Nasri, I think with their pretty weak defence, we should be able to break them down. See brainwashed at 11, it's great, isn't it? should be in bed by (laughs) match of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he reads it enough. So anyway, so so if, if we're absolutely honest and you had to predict a score for Sunday, remember who we're playing... What scores are we going to go for? At best, I'll go one all. But I, I think Lee touched upon it in that a lot depends on how Van Gaal sets up because if he thinks United can win and he's more open, that conversely might help us. Um, whereas if he is a bit negative and sits back and tries to do what Palace did, for example, then I think that doesn't send the right message out to them. So our... Honestly, I think they might take it 2-1. I'm going to go for 2-0 United and be a proper pessimist this time. I think that we've had too much <coughs> joy in the past few years. and I've just got this, this feeling of, of them just reaping the uh, revenge that they've probably been waiting to do. There'll be a riot outside at that rate. Go on, Philly, tell me something positive, please. I think it'll be 1-0 City. That's what I like to hear. And I'm going to predict 3-1 City. How about that? I can't wait for Nigel to get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talks sense, doesn't he? I know. Anyway, so so we're all we're all not. not so we've had a we've had a we're mixed. A, I think. Sorry, we're split. split yeah, split, opinions. split. I think so far we we're down on the Palace game. We sound like we're already quite down on the Man United game. Give me a positive. Give me a Man City positive. I'll start with Lee. Go on. Positive. Positive is um, that we aren't in any real terrible position in the sense that we're going to be in the Champions League next season. Are we? Yeah, we'll be in the top four, guaranteed, even if it's fourth. 
Um, we will we will spend money, I think. And yeah, you've got to just kind of take a step back sometimes and realise that we're all moaning because we're not challenging for the title right now. We're not playing um, Barnsley, though, are we? Or? No, we're not. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's it's just the case of thinking, you know, next season. There's always next season, and especially in the situation that we are in in our current era, whereby one bad season doesn't mean that we're you know doomed for years of failure as we may have been yeah. years ago and that's something positive to draw upon steve are you concerned i mean are you you're traveling home last night from selhurst park has it crossed your mind during the last 24 hours the champions league is there a possibility we can't get in the top four there is because of our recent results i think we've lost seven of the last 13 but i do think there's too much of a gap now between Liverpool and the top four. I think Arsenal did us a favour by beating Liverpool and it's given us that that distance. In terms of positives, I agree. I think this summer will be very interesting because there'll be a, a big reshuffle, whether that's the manager or the players or, or anyone else. So I think that'll be exciting to see who comes in because I'm sure that there'll be some youth brought into the squad. Um, and talking of youth, the under-18s have got the second leg of their semi-final in the under-18 FA Youth Cup on Wednesday night, which is on ITV4, I think, and they're 3-0 oh, the up, three nil up yes, after the first leg. And, there's, and it's Chelsea wa- in the final, isn't it? Chelsea in the final, and if you can watch it, I'd recommend you can, because there's a lot of talent in that team. Fantastic. But when are we going to see them? When are we going to see them? It, that's the key question, and if we had a manager with any faith in youth, then I think we might have already seen a couple, but it's probably a year or two too soon for some of them. The lads that have gone off to Celtic and to Lille, the two boys, uh, what their name? Remind me of their Den- names. Denier and Lopez. Do we, think, do we think that next season, they, having had a full season, a reasonably good standard, that they should be thrown in and given a f- 10, 12 games, or do we think another year out on loan? I think... I don't think they're ready to be thrown in for 10, 12 games. Someone like Lopez is... Is he 20 or 21 now? He's had a full season where he's played pretty much every Sterling's game when he's been 19, fit. isn't he? He is, and, but different players develop at, at different rates. I think I'd have Lopez in the squad. Um, I don't see how he'd be used less than Jovetic, for example, or Lampard. Denier at, at centre-back, I, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of him on loan at Celtic, but we've got Rekic as well. Um, who's on loan and has been on loan, I think, for two or three seasons Yeah, PSV, now. isn't it? Yeah. So one of those, I think, will come back to be the fourth centre-back and the other will go on loan again. So that that's some youth, but I think we need a level between, or a level up from them, sort of the 23, 24 age, who can come in and be in the first team. But we're going to have a problem with the English thing, aren't we, next year, do you think? Potentially, yeah. I think it's something they're going to have to think about. Um I think James Milner probably will leave, which is which would be really disappointing, and I think he'll probably end up going to one of our rivals. But he's, uh, you know, I wouldn't begrudge him that. He's got every right to. He's, Absolutely. You know, he's been he's been a fantastic servant of the club. Uh, if he wants to play more, then then fair enough. I think he should be playing more than he already is. But one of those things. So if if Milner goes and Lampard goes, then we're left with Hart, Clichy, and Boyata. We do have to sign some English players. Richard Wright. Richard Wright, of course. I think third he's choice off. Goalie. I think he's off. I read the other day. Yeah, so no, I'm sure we'll give him another year. <laughs> he's integral. Of <laughs> all worries me is I, I, mean, I know things change, but I, I happened to go to the last FA Youth Cup final and the, the leg at Chelsea, and um, and watched the game. And, and the two players that stood out for me were Sturridge, who we managed to get rid of for nothing, 
literally nothing, five million or something silly. And the fullback Trippier is now at Burnley. And I look back on that now and think, I'm sure one or two of those at some point could have possibly made it through and, and, and helped us out. But hopefully we won't make the same mistake. No, we won't. And I think you know, I've seen quite a bit of the youth groups this season and I've looked towards Angelino, I think, has got everything. If he's not our left-back within two I keep, seasons... I keep reading this. Yeah, if he's not our left-back within two seasons, I'd be absolutely staggered. Um, and Brandon Barker, obviously, has, has got a lot of plaudits this season. I think, personally, I think he needs a loan first. But there's, they're probably the two who are most well-known, but then there's a lot of talent, the likes of Manu Garcia, Thierry Ambrose, below them. They just need a chance. And whether that comes in pre-season, who knows? I think a lot of them need loans. I think that's the key to developing in many ways. I don't think you can develop as well as a player um, by playing in under-21s games. The Champions League is a bit of a step up, but still it's, it's all a bit sugar-coated. I think you need to go and experience League One, League Two football um, and come back with a bit of grit about you. and a bit. Yeah, I think that's the problem with getting rid of the reserves as they did, whatever, 10 years or so, years ago. Um, just someone on the radio last night, uh, obviously in the aftermath of the game, everyone was ringing in with all sorts of things on our journey home. Someone came up with the idea of getting rid of Pellegrini today and having Vieira for eight games. Do we think that Patrick Vieira... I'll start with you, Finley, actually. Do you think that Patrick Vieira could ever succeed as the manager of Manchester City? Um, possibly. It, uh, he's been doing with our, well with our EDS side at the moment, but... Um, it depends on his sort of style of football and who he would sort of bring to play. And I thought if he would come over now, I think he'd give a lot of the young players a chance at this time of the season. Do you guys think he is, he is being groomed or do you think he'll move on? Do you think he won't get the opportunity until he's managed elsewhere? I think the plan at some stage will be to give him the job because they've... I think when after he retired playing, he got to see different sides of the club, how it worked, and he went into the coaching side of things. And I think he's rated highly and he plays great football and, and what have you. It would be a huge risk to give him the job, though. Um, but what happened with Guardiola in Spain, where Bagiristain and Soriano just saw something in him and thought, OK, it might be a risk, it might be a gamble, but he's got something about him that he can manage a club of that size. Who knows whether they see the same in Vieira, but when we're criticising Pellegrini for you know, tactical decisions and selection, and it'd be a huge gamble to give it to someone who's never managed. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't give it to him this season, but I do think that they wouldn't have someone like that. And I don't think he's unambitious. I think he wouldn't be there um, unless he knew that in the next three to four, maybe five years' time, he might be considered the next manager. Um, yeah, I'd... It's an exciting prospect, absolutely, because we've seen him for years play football and he's a fantastic, he was a fantastic player. Um, I don't know, I haven't seen much of his management, but I, I do know that they, they tend to try and develop the same sort of ethos and tactics throughout all the age groups. So I don't think if he came in, it would be drastically different at, at the moment. Um, but if he was given it from the start of the season, maybe it would be. Do, do you think that, uh, I mean, you say three or four years, what... What makes him improve in the three... I mean, how long has he been doing it? He's been doing it for two or three years, hasn't he? He's been doing it for two years and he's, he's doing well and you go to watch them and it, it's a hard job, actually, under 21 manager because your best players invariably either get pinched by the first team or they're out on loan and it's constantly changing. You're constantly sending players out on loan and he has done very well and they play a very attractive, unpredictable style of football which, when after you've watched the first team this season... 
it's just exciting to watch that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at some point where, if he became a number two. If we got, I don't think we'll get Ancelotti, but if we did, then I could see Vieira having a season or two as a number two just to learn. Um, but I would imagine he'd go out, do another job for three, four years, get that experience, and then he'd come back. Great. Moving completely away from Man City, the weekend brought a whole host of great goals. Did we, in the Premier League this weekend, see the goal of the season? I think so, yeah. Um, Which one are you going to say? <laughs> Charlie Adams' goal, um, you can't deny. The best goal of the weekend, probably the best goal of the season. I was actually saying to a friend like about two weeks ago that this season there haven't actually been that many amazing goals. I thought last season there were loads. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's just been a whole host of them. Yeah. Defoe's was absolutely fantastic as well. Um, all of Arsenal's goals were great. It was just ridiculous weekend, really. Would you agree with that, Philly? Was that the goal of the season? I think Charlie Adams' strike was unbelievable, but I think um, uh, Bobby Zamora's chip, I mean, with the outside of his foot, from a really quite tight angle, and it, on his left foot, and it's lobbed the keeper, I think that's quite... I think he is on match of the day, isn't he? He thinks he is, so there you go. I I haven't seen Zamora's yet, I'm afraid, but I think Adams was just brilliant. Defoe's, I I think he actually shanked it a little bit. I know it looks great because it's gone into the top corner. I don't think he hits it cleanly. You didn't, didn't, I I, I sadly take the Palace thing last night, so I obviously watched Neville and and, and Carragher all the way through to the end. And they were showing uh, Charlie, and Carragher obviously played with him at Liverpool, and was really complaining and they brought back some and he has tried that from the halfway line on at least five or six occasions where he's shanked it into the corner flag and all the other players have got their arms up in the air and really cross about it so obviously for him to get one right was uh, was terrific it's a great goal wasn't it great it goal. was and I've seen people criticising Courtois which is harsh because you know with Chelsea's back line pushing up then he has to act as yeah the sweeper not necessarily the sweeper yeah. keeper but he'll have to push out he just caught it brilliantly and it it's sweet and I think left foot it looks better and the swerve that they put on it it's a brilliant goal and just just oh, back to I was going to say just back to what you mentioned before about Neville and Carrigan watching uh, the aftermath I watched a bit of that as well and one thing that Neville kind of said that it, it hurts a bit especially coming from him was, but I agree with him was that we we haven't been able to this is back to City very quickly we haven't been able to you know, create that long longevity and, and the, the dynasty almost and, and we get to the top of the mountain and then we're, we say, oh God, that was such an effort, we've done it now and then we fall back down again and, and I agreed with him a lot because that is something that is completely, um, you know, when you compare our, us and United and what they've, they did for years, they kept it going and going and going, they didn't ever take their foot off the gas, they kept on going up rather than getting to the top and then going back down. Which brings us nicely back to Man City. And, of course, the one thing I need to ask... I mean, it's the most puzzling thing of the whole season, despite Dzeko. And that is corners. I mean, obviously, I can see Wall nodding now, thinking there must be somebody who must take them training and think... I mean, how many corners is it? I, I read in the Manchester Evening News, it was, something, it was up to 270 at one point without a goal. I think it was Demichelis, wasn't it, Arsenal? Mm. So if you think we probably have more corners than most... How could you possibly, any football team playing any level of football, have four or five hundred corners and not score? How can that be possible? And it's not just the fact that we haven't scored. We don't even come close. And I don't get it because for me, corners are probably the easiest thing in football to practice because it's the same (laughs) angle. It's the same distance from corner flag to goal. You've never got a defender. You know, if it's a free kick, the angle might change or the wall might creep forward or jump. 
there's nothing. Corners... And Navas, he must take them in, in training because he's constantly on them in a game. Well, it doesn't matter if it's Mil- We've had Milner. Who else takes them? Nasri, Nasri, Silva. They all have a go. And none of them can put it anywhere near anyone that can head it. There's this sort of ploy to go somewhere near the near post uh, towards the right and they flick it onto the back post and we nod it in. But, I mean, what was your quote last night? One of the corners, something about might as well be a goal kick. I mean, we actually got to that point. Well, there's more chance of the opposition scoring from <laughs> one of our corners yeah, than of us. We might as well just go short every time, like Barcelona do, pretty much. Because sometimes when we do that, we look not quite good, create a bit more of a different angle. and uh, But still don't score. And still don't score, yeah. But at least don't concede as well. I mean, we, every time we play, every time I watch someone like Palace, Palace are a good example. Every time they get a corner or a free kick where they hoof it in, that's probably a, their, their best chance of scoring. There must be somebody who can head the blooming thing. But there you go. That's, uh, that's a different issue. Right, I think it's nearly time to wrap it up. So... Um, any final thoughts, guys, on, uh, on this weekend? I know we've already talked about the Man United game, but are there any final thoughts? And is there any chance this weekend where we could have a, a magical day, another 6-1, or is that just, just being in too much of a dream? We could, and we could go there and win because we know that on our day we're brilliant. And if we do click, then we're as good a team as any in the league. The worry is that we're lacking in confidence and we're lacking in momentum and if we get, if we don't reach our best then I think United will pick us off yeah exactly the same I, I just I can't see where a win is coming from uh, really can't we can't turn these guys round Finley could it be 6-1 I think that um, with our quality and after our recent results they must have some sort of want to have some fight for the title or even sort of just for some, make their fans proud, I think we could have a chance. Good lad. Right, I think on that note, uh, I'd like to say uh, to Nigel, I hope you get back next week so we can talk a little bit more sense. Um, And to the guys, thank you very much and uh, best of luck on Sunday. Thank you. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.